0: And welcome to the Netball Nation podcast. I'm Emma-Louise Jones, your host. And as always, I'm joined by Sarah Bayman. Hello. Hello, hello. (laughs) And Maggie Birkinshaw. Hi,
1: all. How are we, guys? Yeah, good, thank you.
0: Good. All good? All good. Right, we'll explain why Sarah seems very far away in a second, but she isn't actually here with us. Uh, but we've got lots to cover again this week. Firstly, we're going to be chatting about the news that Tracy Neville will be stepping down as Rosie's head coach after the upcoming World Cup. We're going to be getting a reaction from both Mags and Sarah now that the Diamonds' final 12 has been confirmed. We'll see if Sarah still feels as confident about England's chances after that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll also cover off round six results from the Suncorp Super Netball competition and we're very lucky to be joined in the studio by Leeds Rhinos Director of Netball, Anna Carter who's going to update us on the bid for a Vitality Super League franchise Anna, thank you so much for joining us Well,
2: thanks for having me
0: Yeah, well, it's a Wednesday at quarter to 11 in the morning so I appreciate you being here Thank you very much (laughs) Uh, And as I say, feel free to chip in at all throughout if you've got an opinion on anything These guys certainly do Welcome to Netball Nation Gotta let you know, Sarah. The reason she sounds so far away is right now she is packing for her trip to Australia to go and see Stacey for four weeks. Oh, Sarah,
1: amazing. Yeah. How
0: is the packing going?
3: The packing is going well. Um, I've
1: started it much earlier
3: than I usually do. I've started it about three days out. I usually start it about an hour out. So, that's, I um, mean, that's some
0: serious. Why are you so prepared?
3: Well, because I'm kind of paranoid that I'm going to forget something because I'm going for so long. And then I had a bit of a shopping list from Stacey as well. So you, you need to make sure you're on top of it, don't you?
0: Stacey sent you a shopping list of things she wants you to take over.
3: Yeah, so it's like t- 200 tea bags are in, in my suitcase and then. Um, they're gonna be just a some a sort of, of drug dealer, know, aren't they? I know. And then Horlicks, so just, just some casual white powder.
1: <laughs> Sarah, going all I'm gonna say to her is put your best underwear on for when this yeah. trip search you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, I hope Stacy appreciates this. And also if you do forget anything, Stacy, don't blame us for keeping Sarah on the phone while she's packing. Are you excited?
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I'm not I'm not so excited for the flight, but it's um it's all part of the process. It'll so, be yeah.
0: worth it when you get there. and we miss you here. but it's good that you're still on the phone. That is some serious Netball Nation dedication, isn't it? We appreciate it, Sarah. Right, away we go then with this week's show. Ladies, a bit of a shock announcement, but breaking news from England Netball earlier this week confirmed that head coach Tracy Neville is going to be stepping down after the World Cup. How do you both feel, firstly, about the announcement, but also the timing of the story, obviously whilst the squad are preparing for the World Cup right now?
1: When was it ever going to be a good time? You know she's been at the helm for the last four years well four years and a bit really because she took over before her four years started um on this cycle and i think she needed to give everybody as much notice as she possibly could because they've got to find a successor from mm. somewhere to take on you know the the big boots that tracy's been wearing Tracy wouldn't be upset if we said, you know, she's now 42 and I think she wants to have a life and have a family.
3: She might be
1: upset. Will okay. <laughs> she? Sorry, it's out there. Um, but she wants to have a life and have a family. And, you know, and if she's thinking of having a family, she needs to do it now. And it's not unusual for players or coaches to step away after a four-year cycle. It, it's natural because I'm th- I'm sure you will find there'll be quite a few players also retiring after this World Championship.
0: Well, I want to touch on that, on, you know, um, females in, in netball deciding that they want to have a family. I want to touch on that in a minute, so we'll go back to that. But how do you think yeah. with the, the the timing, Sarah, of this announcement? How do you think the squad well, are going to feel? You
3: see, I, I made a comment the other day that I, I don't think it's great timing to announce it now. But on the flip side of that, Tracy's in a little bit of a lose-lose situation because... You announce it now and you give England Netball plenty of opportunity to find someone else to do the job. You know, everyone gets used to the idea. And also, nobody thinks it's anything to do with the World Cup result. Because if if you announce it in July, people will assume that it's to do with however they've done in the World Cup, whether they've won or not. But on the flip side of that, now this is what we're talking about. So we're talking about Tracy leaving. We're talking about who's going to succeed her. And this will continue to be the narrative around England. So, if I was her, I think I would have done it post-World Cup. But I can understand why she's done it now. And I guess with the recent leaks of different information, there's also a possibility that even if she'd wanted to just have a quiet word with England Netball and not announce it publicly, that it would have got out. Mm. So... Like I say, it wouldn't have been my choice as to when to announce it, but I can understand why she's done it now.
0: I guess it's a fine line that you've got to tread and you have to weigh up the pros and cons of both. Uh, But you're right, it does mean that now that's the narrative, that's what people are talking about. And people are going to be asking, how do you go about finding um, a new head coach after, because she had such an impact on that team, she's done such incredible things with them. Where do they even start with looking for a successor?
3: The first de- decision they've got to make is is whether they're staying at home or going abroad for a, a coach. And previously, England's had a lot of foreign coaches. We've had coaches from New Zealand, Australia, all over the place. And then Tracy was really the first one that came in um, as an English coach and obviously won something. By Tracy and Anna Stenbridge before her, they've now backed some English coaches. So they've got to decide, are you going to continue to do that or are you going to look further afield? Um, because... besides how many
1: options you're looking at then really I mean have you heard the uh, the chat being that Tamsin might be a good replacement for her
3: yeah and I think I think Tamsin's an obvious option like and I'd I'd say if you're going to stay with English coaches which I I would personally back then Tamsin's your obvious option and Karen Atkinson's got to be up there as well you look at that and you go well that could be a great combination if you put those two together Um, but you don't know, like, people's personal circumstances are different. You know, Karen lives in Italy at the minute. Tamden's just announced that she's pregnant. So there's always complications to um, to what's going on. And and like I said, England, they've, they've got to decide, decide. W- what they want from the next coach. Do they want someone to do something completely different? Do they want to continue with with what the program that they've got at the minute? And there's a lot of answers they've got to answer as as well as just going out looking for the best possible coach.
0: Well, that's something that we will keep our eye on and we'll let you know. It'll be the topic of much discussion here at Netball Nation. Uh, but touching on the fact that, you know, Tracy is leaving because she said, you know, she wants to start a family. And you said, Tamsin's just announced that she's pregnant. This is something quite topical because uh, the BBC has recently spoken about how women athletes should get more support if they decide to have children. What are your thoughts on this? You know, you both play the game. You've both seen people go on and have Uh, children. Mags?
1: It wasn't the same for me I mean I decided after I won't say what number world championships but as I say things work in four-year cycles and I knew that I would have to retire from international sport at this particular time in my life because I wanted a family. Mm. If I'd stayed on for another four years it then would have put me into a bracket of do I still bother or am I too old?
0: How does that how, how much does that end up consuming your thoughts, that decision? How much pressure do you end up putting on yourself going, what what do I do here?
1: Um, from a player perspective, it, I, felt, I felt quite a lot of pressure because I was enjoying playing at the highest, highest level. Mm. I wasn't overly old. I mean, I was still really young compared to some of the girls who were still in the game playing international netball. But I just knew that... Uh, I had to make that tough decision right then and right now because I might not have had the same options or choices if I'd left it for another four years. Yeah. So it was difficult. I, the right decision, though, as far as I'm concerned.
3: I, I think this, I think the sport's getting better at supporting um, mothers because it has to. And you look at the steps that um, the Australian Players Association took um, in the last eighteen months, and the support for for mothers has really ramped up there. So you've got the likes of. Laura guys who played a season um, while she had a child. Beck Bully was playing and travelling with her child. And I think you have to recognise this. This is a female-only sport. This is going to continue to be an issue. People are going to get pregnant and have lives to juggle. And you've got to make it as easy as possible to keep the best players in the game and not make them decide, do I want to play netball or do I want to have a family? You, you've got to make it possible to do both. Think, and they've done yeah. that They've done that in New Zealand by, you know, supporting them and, and they can travel with kids and they can receive support from clubs. And you look at England Netball and we're talking about Tamsin. If you want Tamsin to do the job, you've got to make it possible for her to do that job because it includes a lot of travel. If you go and tour to Australia and New Zealand and she's just had a child, you've got to make it possible for, for her to be able to do that. And, and that's the reality that England Netball face and that Netball as a whole faces. But... Women will continue to have children. That's not going to change. So
1: you have to be the one that changes. I hear you, Sarah, and I hear what you're saying about Australia and I hear what you're saying about New Zealand. I just don't think we're there in England. We're not there. We're nowhere near there. And I think the
3: fact that, um, like Sophia Kandafa announcing her pregnancy this, this year, there's nothing in players' contracts at the minute around it. So like, how do wasps deal with that when she announces that she's pregnant? Because, because no one's even thought of it. And and now it's becoming you know topical. I think people will have to think about it more. And I think players' association should push to get a lot of more support because it's it's just like any other job. If if you're an athlete, um it's the, it should be the same as if you go to work in an office. You know, there should be some sort of support there and some sort of maternity options there for you to be able to to
0: do both absolutely it should be a case that you can do both without feeling the pressure or feeling that you're going to get pushed out of either either option it shouldn't be optional really it should be you do whatever you want to do now Anna yeah um you've managed to have three children and juggle a netball career so congratulations for that (laughs) because that's no mean feat how have you found it
2: hard really hard um I think that as you become a coach it's um it's an obsessive uh, job. You know, you've got to be in it all the time, 24 7. And then you have children with that, and you've got to have some anchors around you. I wouldn't have been able to do it without my husband. Um, Scott's happy uh, being a husband and being a father and going to work, thank goodness. Because yeah. if he was, you know, had something that he really, really wanted to strive for that was out of hours or out of the norm. Um, I don't know what I'd do so he's been there when I've not been he's been there when the kids have been ill crying for someone to come and I've been at netball and um, so I think there's an emotional decision as a coach when you're also a parent because as a player often you, you go to the training session or you do your analysis but you cut off whereas as a coach you never get that cutting off time and um, so I think for me if you've got the anchors at the back of you that can support and you've got a good family behind you, then it is possible. But I think it's the emotional, I'm leaving my child at the mm-hmm. weekend and at nights and it's tough. And I think we're in that bracket now where my eldest daughter's eight and she started playing netball and doing stuff and I'm not there sometimes. And I've got to hear it second hand that she's you know, scored her first goal at netball or you know, ran a race and I'm not there. So it is guilt, you know, there is a lot of guilt.
0: That's what I was gonna say is, I think if there was an understanding of the guilt that you might feel as a mother, if you had that support, actually it might enable people to be even better in their job role because they feel that they're splitting their time more fairly.
1: Well, especially if it is what pays you, your bills. Yeah, exactly. Because there's the problem as well. If the job that you're doing within the sport is paying your bills, then that's where you feel, rightly or wrongly, you have to be. And your children do come second,
0: Yeah, rightly or wrongly. Sarah, just on a final note on that, what do you think the first step has to be to really strive to make um, netball players feel that it's absolutely okay to do both? It's
3: a difficult one to kind of say what's what's the first step I mean they just t- in Australia it took a huge leap I think here we, we kind of like you say we, we're way behind that and we do need to take a first step and I think the first step is probably next year I think a lot more teams will have uh, pregnancy within their contract in terms of this is what happens if you become pregnant and, and this is what we can offer you and, and that will be up for negotiation whereas I think before it's not even really been spoken about.
1: Is there something like that in the Australian you know in Suncorp or a- ANZ? Do you know if they've got it over there? Sarah? Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a sort of pregnancy
3: clause in the contract, and I, I don't I don't know currently what's it, what that is. Um, but I know that if they've got children, they kind of have to be able to travel with them if they're under two, and and have to provide okay. kind of childcare facilities whilst they're, whilst they're away. So yeah, it's definitely moved forward from where we're at currently.
0: I think it's just about having that level of assurance of just knowing what's going to happen, what what your options are then. Uh, And hopefully as netball continues to grow, so too can the support it offers women when they do decide that the time is right for them to start a family. Uh, Thank you for that guys because it was very insightful we move on now just to reflect on last week's episode Uh, we had a quick discussion about the leaked Australian Diamonds team and I'll just remind you of Sarah's opinion on that and I quote if the squad that's been leaked is the Australian squad then I cannot make sense of it because like I said I was a bit worried about England and then I saw Australia and I was like happy
3: days (laughs) (laughs) it sounds worse when you say it back like that I I, I know, like, Arm Sargent in Australia kind of referenced our, our podcast mm. saying that we'd called it a poor Australian team. And I, I never called it a poor Australian yeah. team. I think the term she knew,
1: Sarah, was rubbish. Yeah.
3: Rubbish. And, I mean, I would never say that You were misquoted. But, but it, what I do feel is it could be better. Yeah. Because I, th- I, think, I think you've missed a trick not taking Gabby Simpson or Ashbaz as, as um, out-and-out wing defences there.
0: Well, I was going to say, do you still feel that way now that the Final 12 has officially been announced?
3: Yeah, I do. And um it's I actually um heard that on Sergeant thing and kind of had a chuckle to myself cuz it's usually the it's usually us getting wound up about what the Aussies are saying and mm. um, in the build-up tournament. So it's quite nice that they're getting wound up about what we're saying about their... It's all
1: there in the pie yeah. instead. And do you know time. what Anne Sargent was saying that it was some radio station somewhere in the UK? Well, it's just so we just put it out there, it's Netball Nation. It's, so podcast you, yeah, it's a podcast. Yeah, it's a podcast if you want to find it. And saying that she doesn't know who we are, and we've met a couple of occasions. Last year was the last time we met because you did a masterclass for our club team when we were out there in Australia. Really? Yeah. (laughs) I
3: was
1: (laughs) But what I wanted to also say was, you know, the last thing we would be is disrespectful to the choices made by, you know, Lisa Alexander and by Anne Sargent. You know, they're not number one in the world for no reason. And, you know, we are not being disrespectful of your choices. We're just saying that, you know, we were just a little bit shocked by some of them and we just want to put it out there. At Netball Nation, go on. I was going to
3: say, the the point is for people to have an opinion. We all agreed it'd be very, very boring. Um, And, you know, we'll see who's right come July 21st.
0: And remember, if you like our opinions and included in that, subscribe to my Netball Nation podcast. Give us five star reviews if you so
3: choose.
1: <laughs> and just lastly on that point, you know, if they want to use my dulcet Yorkshire tones as, the, you know, their rebel raw before they go on court to GMO. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> oh, Max! Crikey, sorry. I Mags need you into similar. None her down a bit <laughs> she's None of it. Uh, we did speak quite a bit about Gabby Simpson, as you touched on a moment ago. Sorry, being missed out, and it's since been confirmed that Lisa Alexander's instead opted to take Jamie Lee, uh, Lee Price. Do you think that's a strange decision? As she's been playing centre in the Super Netball competition rather than wing defence. Yeah, I
3: mean, this is what I was saying last week. But for you to have a squad with no one in it who's been playing wing defence in their some Cup, Super Netball League doesn't really make sense yeah. to me when you've got some like world-class women defences at your disposal so why you'd go Oh, I'll take, I'll take Jamie Lee Price who again not saying she's a bad player she's a great player but this year has been playing centre um, I don't know how you've got to that conclusion mm. personally and you also
0: you were keen to see Ash in the squad missed out again why, yeah. has, she, why has she fallen out of favour what do you think's going on?
3: I mean, I've got no, I've got no idea there because she doesn't even really seem to be in their thoughts. Um, she's played well for the last last few seasons, and I don't think she's been in Aussie squad for about four years. So I'm not sure what's gone on there, or you know, if, if if there's been some falling out, or if it's just you know she's not Lisa Alexander's kind of player.
1: Did Ash leave? Us, did Ash at some point in the last couple of years? Did she you make herself unavailable, Sarah, for some competition? And I'm not saying that that would be something a coach would do and hold that against her. But, uh... No,
3: I don't think so. Like she came over here in 2016 um, for that test series we we played against Australia over here, and then I've I've not seen her. In, I don't. I can't remember seeing her in Aussie squad since mm. then. And she has played AFL as well, but around netball. Um, I think mainly because she hasn't been picked for international stuff, mm. but. I don't know if there's, like I say, I don't know if she's just not not Lisa Alexander's cup of tea, or if there's more to it.
0: Well, let's let's have a quick look at the positives. Where do you think their main strengths lie?
3: I mean, like they've got quality all all throughout the court. You know, Gretel Tippett's having an incredible season, and she'll she'll fight Steph Wood hard for that starting goal attack um, bib, and you know, defense end. Like Courtney Bruce playing really well, Sarah Clouds playing really well. Like they, they, you can't say where's their strength because they've got strength all through court. Yeah. I think that if you're going to say where could where could they be, be exposed, oh. Paige Hadley's the oh. only person in midcourt who's been previously been to a World Cup, and you compare that to England and Jade's on a fifth World Cup, Serena's on a third, <laughs> you know Chelsea's on a maybe third or something as well. And so I'm not saying it's a bad midcourt, but experience wise. England's or South Africa's or New Zealand is much more experienced than that midcourt. Yeah. Well,
0: I'm going to ask you each of you this question. It's a yes or no answer, okay? So I'll start with you, okay. Anna. Put you on the spot. Uh, can you see the Australian side reaching the gold medal match? Yes. Max. Yes. Sarah. Oh.
1: Oh. <laughs> Sarah. Yes. 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 They'll, they'll, turn they, they, they will, they'll turn it on. They will. They'll turn it on because they've got things. They've got things to prove.
0: So, so we're all saying yes for that. Right, so you read it the
3: oh. The reason I hesitated was because for them to reach it, one of England or Jamaica aren't. Mm, yeah, that's
0: so, a fact.
3: Uh, yeah,
0: but they could. They could. <laughs> so, so, so you're sticking with yes, Sarah, because you sound like you're. you're not sure. I mean, I mean they could I don't want them to but they could <laughs> Yes Sarah <laughs> uh, Just to remind our Netball Nation listeners as well that if you go to the blog's page on our website mynetballnation.com we've shared a link to the BBC's confirmation of all 16 teams that are going to be going to Liverpool in July if you want to have a look there Right we move on now to round 6 of the Suncorp Super Netball Competition in Australia uh, More frustration for Stacey and West Coast Fever this week as they drew to bottom of the ladder fibres 62 all resulting in their second draw of the competition competition competition. Sarah, how is Stacey (laughs) feeling after that one? Yeah, she was
3: not a happy camper. Uh Um, And I think it kind of raised the issue of draws in in Suncorp again, because this is what the third draw we've seen this season. Mm -hmm. And I thought what was interesting is watching the game, Firebirds, they had a centre pass with 40 seconds to go and basically played down the clock to get a draw. Now, in my mind, if you're, playing extra time. You know there's no draws, and you if you if you end on a draw, you're going to have to play another 15 minutes. You wouldn't have done that. No. You'd have gone right. Let's score and back our defence to turn something over because the alternative is playing another 15 minutes, and really no one's up no. for that.
1: Yeah, no one wants to. And I think it. with Firebirds' form, they probably were see that as a, a win for them to come out well, with a draw. Uh, exactly, and you, and you see at
3: the end, and like like little Tippett had her hands in the air, and Davy Simpson was celebrating, and Fever looked like they'd lost so it it meant more to the fibres to get a draw than it did to the fever um but i'm not a massive fan of of drawing games
2: no
0: no but do you think uh, you know based on the fact that they 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 will have seen that kind of as a win for them is that kind of a kickstart that they needed yeah potentially and you know they they
3: played really well they've like what i was saying last week they've had a horrendous run of luck melda still out and Abigail Larsumirfar has come in and played sensationally well in goal shooter. Um, Gabby Simpson got dropped. She had a point to prove. She had a really good game. All her teammates got around her and, and you know, played well for her, I think, in that game. And they've had, like, little niggles. And, and obviously, Mahalia Cassidy's now out with an ACL. Jemma Maimai came in for her and played really well. So for them, like, it's huge. When you're bottom of the ladder and you've got two serious mm. injuries and your c- captain's just been dropped on the. Aussie squad like your back is against the wall so it was impressive
1: from them so I've not seen the game but I, I understand that Courtney Bruce took the court um, I think that was probably her first game that she's played Um, how was her arm because there was some whisper saying that you know she seemed to be holding it at points but yet she still made the uh, the diamond squad was
3: yeah it was a, well, it was a second game back she played in Ooh. the um, magpies game last yeah. week and played really well, and then she was fine. she played the whole game, but then last quarter I think got got a bump on her arm and then was holding it a little bit, and then you' like I mean, you don't know, do you, like you might no. just it might have just been a knock, it might be something mm. more serious, but um mm. I know everyone will be hoping that it's nothing nothing too serious on on that already injured
0: arm. Yeah, fingers crossed. Right, moving on, the Melbourne Vixens claimed their fourth win of the season, with a 62-52 victory over Sunshine Coast Lightning. It was Lightning who actually started stronger, but Vixens midcourt stepped it up and took control of the game. Giants are also on a good run, getting their third win of the campaign, and Rose's shooter Joe Hartn had a good performance in their 65-54 victory over Adelaide Thunderbirds. Now, we mentioned in the last round that Joe was taken off after the third quarter after coming up against South Africa's Carla Pretorius. Does that show real strength of character for Jo that she can come out and have a standout performance in the following
1: game? Oh, Jo's just a, a, a consummate professional. Yeah. You know, she won't have taken that to sit, sit on the bench. Yeah. She'll have taken that personally yeah. so she knew she had something to prove yeah. and I'm really pleased that you know that she stepped up and she had a great game. I know there's been a lot of talk about her and the connections with Bass and how it's, it's not quite clicking yet because you'd expect those two giants in that circle to do a job but I'm really pleased that she did well and I I think Pretoria's got set, sent off. Not sent off. Got sent to the bench for a bit of a rest as well. So somebody's obviously done a job on her.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, well done, Joe. That's Excellent. what we say here. We love you, Joe. Finally, New South Wales Swifts stay top of the ladder as they beat Collingwood Magpies convincingly, 68-52. Now, ladies, a lot of people were saying before the season that Magpies were a team to watch, especially with them signing uh, Jeeva Mentor over the summer. Why is it just not clicking? It's just not happening for them at the minute. I,
1: they've got—they just got strength and depth on paper. When you saw that team, Magpies, you thought, "Wow, yeah, definitely, yeah. you know, absolutely amazing." And yet, I'm not sure why they're not making the connections. Started well, and now they're. Drifting off. What do you think, Sarah? Well,
3: I don't know, but but this is like the third year of this for Magpies. So they've always had a stacked roster. You know, they've had Sharni Leighton go through there. They've always had Kim Ravelli in there, uh, Maddie Robinson, people like that. They've always had fantastic players and then they've never lived up to the hype. And and I I don't know if that's part of it, the fact that there's always so much talk around them and there's always so much pressure that they, they struggle to... Deliver on what's expected of them. Um, I mean, you look at Jeeva, and she's like, she's won this competition multiple times. So, like, she'll she'll be like, "Come on, girls, like, let's mm-hmm. get it together." And and she knows what it takes to win. But at the same time, it's hard to to fight that kind of culture if it is an underachieving one. So it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. If if the new players they've got in kind of you know set a new tone and they're able to dig themselves out of this little small rut they're in. Or if actually it's sort of a bit of a mad curve that they just can't live
0: up to the hype. Yeah, well, that's something that we'll keep our eye on here at Netball Nation. But right now, uh, we've been saving the best for last because we're joined in the studio by Leeds Rhinos Director of Netball, Anna Carter. Anna, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being so patient, waiting there. (laughs) Um, Now, before we get into the news about your bid for a Super League franchise, can you please give our Netball Nation listeners a little bit of background into Leeds Rhinos Netball and how you've grown over the past couple of years?
2: Yeah, it started three years ago just doing some netball activity in the community. We approached um, Leeds Rhinos um, about an ambition to have a Super League team back here in Yorkshire after the demise, for want of a better word, of Yorkshire Jets um, We. Delivered for 12 months, got um, asked by England Netball to apply for a franchise in year two. Uh, We applied, we had um, a really good bid, unfortunately was unsuccessful, mainly due to not having a suitable arena to play out of. Um, But we did have some success from the bid because we got the pathway. Um, So we we were responsible for running the performance pathway in Yorkshire for England Netball. And now we're in year three um, and another bid um, went in recently and the
0: news that we've all been waiting for deep breath everyone tell them, Anna, tell them. can um, you tell us drum roll please does Yorkshire finally have a franchise in the Vitality Super
2: League 2021 we're in
0: yes yeah. this is amazing now we know how much this means to you guys you you can tell just from the smiles on both your faces how excited about this are you
2: uh, I mean, for me, it's uh, I've been, I've been quite pragmatic about it, and I think the last forty-eight hours I've got quite emotional, um, and I'm not really an emotional person, as most people <laughs> know. Um, but yeah, I think it's now overwhelming. There's been a lot of hard work goes behind it, and there's been times where I can't lie we've talked about leaving it and walking away just because, you know, sticking to something where you're doing your best and you can't quite get over the line. Mm. I think sometimes it's really difficult and you make sacrifices like we all do. Um, and I think seeing people people be disappointed as well. The players and and kind of ex-players that have moved on have all been behind it. So to keep coming back and going, oh, we're not quite there yet, it does kind of pull at the heartstrings. So to finally get it over the line with amazing people that have uh, stuck by this ambition for years is just absolutely um, overwhelming. What an
0: incredible boost it is. This is so, so good for Yorkshire. Where will the squad, uh, squad play
2: their games? Well, we we still haven't got a perfect solution for that. So there will be a bit of a Rhinos on the road, which we did with Yorkshire Jets. So we'll be playing out of a number Mm. of um, facilities within Yorkshire with the and also Leeds Arena. We'll be selecting a number of games to (laughs) kind of pack that out, hopefully. Um, So there'll be about four games there. um, And then the future ambition is to build a netball centre.
0: Very exciting. And do you know who's going to be making up the coaching team or is that an ongoing project that's going to take work over the next year or so? Yeah,
2: that'll, that'll be an ongoing project. Um, we've took the decision that um, you know we need the director in netball, which is uh, what I'm tasked with, who focuses on making the business sustainable, linking in with the club, yeah. looking after the overall vision and then the head coach can be obsessed with Super League netball and Suncorp and seeing what's out there you know I've been in different environments where I'm a head coach and I'm tasked with income generation and running community projects and um, you know a Super League coach needs to concentrate on Super League netball and it's
0: not an easy job that there's a lot going into it how do you as well go about recruiting players so far in advance?
2: Um, I think for, for us, it's making them known that we're in for 2021. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure as Sorrell will agree that the task of securing players over a long period of time is is key. So if you can get them to sign a, a two-year contract, you know, it helps you build a bit of sustainability. So we want players to know now mm-hmm. <laughs> that we're in for 2021. Um, and then, um, you know, next year, if they see coming north and playing for Leeds Rhinos as an option then they've got some decisions to make around the current contract. So we're just putting it out there. Definitely, put, <laughs> putting the feelers out there.
0: And how will you work in partnership with Leeds Rhinos to ensure netball can take learnings from rugby, uh, rugby league and vice versa?
2: I think... Again, we've been in different environments where the S&C and the sports science and uh, the nutritionists, etc. have got, you know, so many athletes to look after, so many other sports. Uh, whereas at Leeds Rhinos, you know, they're concentrating on performance, whether mm. that's performance with the first team and netball, um, you know, their people to answer to is a lot less. So I think for us, it's having people who are focused on performance sport, not having, you know, too much to do and being stretched. Yeah. Um, and Rhinos seem... Um, you know, within the support staff to keep the staff and build relationships and rapport with players, and that's important. And they know this stuff, ultimately. Yeah. you know, they, they know how to drive. At the minute, they're on a rebuild as a club, and it's fascinating seeing how they go about the business, how professional they are, how they integrate the academy players with some of the players that have been there a while. And even though they're not having the on-pitch success at the minute, you can see that there's a real intent to rebuild and, and get the success that they had of yesteryear. Um, and the whole place there, you know, has changed and um, how professionals go in, what they do on a daily basis and what professional sports look like has been a real eye-opener and something that we want to integrate. Okay. And all the these netball. things
0: all these things, are key to longevity as well. Now, Mags, um, you've made it very clear uh, throughout your time here at Netball Nation how passionately you are backing this. I mean, you really, really have, it's, it means the world to you, doesn't it?
1: It absolutely does. I mean, I think if you know anybody that knows me, if they cut me in half, they would see Yorkshire exactly. all the way through. Exactly. You know, this is my county. This is where I was born. This is where I've lived all my life. And this is where I played my netball. I've been very lucky to to get across the world playing netball, you know, in, uh, internationally. And I've also had some really good opportunities given to me by, by Loughborough of all uh, franchises, which I'm exceptionally grateful for. You know, going down there and working with some amazing coaches and learning um, my trade because I came to coaching late. However, the one thing that we've all, all wanted over the last no, three, nearly four years is to get netball back in Yorkshire. It is the biggest county. We have, you know, brought on some fabulous girls who are playing their netball now all over the world. And, you know, we are so grateful that we were able to give them that start. But Immensely proud of them that they've you know they've flourished within other franchises and playing you know abroad in some in the, in the really big netball leagues. So yeah, the bottom line is I'm putting it out there, Ideally, we want them back. Yeah, <laughs> we want them back. Come whether on we'll, home. Whether we'll get them back <laughs> is another question. But um, but yeah, I'm I'm absolutely so proud of Anna, what she's done you know, and she she won't have it but she has put blood, sweat and tears into making this happen and if it wasn't for her her vision and her desire and the sacrifices that she's also made, along with a few other people because it doesn't happen alone yeah. you know, if it wasn't for all that, we wouldn't be where we are today, so you know, I'm just putting it out there that we we're all extremely proud and excited and just can't wait for it to happen
0: It's a hugely significant moment Sarah, this is massive, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it is massive. You know, I think there was such a heavy weight in towards the south for Super League and there was kind of a talent drain from the north. So it's it's nice that there's more Super League action going to be in the north and trying to redress that balance slightly. And like Max and Anna have said, you know, Yorkshire's a, a massive county and really you go up from us up the east side of the country and there's, there's nothing at the minute mm-hmm. Super League-wise. So um, it's fantastic that that we're going to have something back up there.
0: It really is. And you know what? Let's give you a round of applause. Well done. Yeah, well done. Well, done. Well, good well. Incredible. <laughs> is, it's truly amazing. And we are so, so happy for you, genuinely. Uh, and here's to Yorkshire being back, represented in the Vitality Super League. Incredible work, guys. Right, before we wrap up this week and leave you to carry on packing, Sarah, do you guys have any shout outs or anything that you'd like to say?
1: Um, just one, I think, to uh, Natalie haythorn I understand that you know she's probably just about come to the end of her rehabbing from her injury. Nat, if you're good to go and get back on that court, best of luck, play well.
0: Definitely. And Anna, anything from you? No,
1: sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. Thanks for joining us.
0: <laughs> Sarah, um before we let you go and carry on packing, any shout-outs you'd like to have? Yeah, I
3: mean, I've got a couple. Firstly, Laura Langman played a 200th game on the weekend for Sunshine Coast. Um, and, I mean, that's that's some going to play a 200th National League game. So, congrats to her. And then, secondly, my old team, Central Pulse in New Zealand, won the ANZ Premiership on Monday. Um, and if people haven't seen it on um, on the internet, go to the ANZ Premiership, like, Twitter feed and stuff, and you'll see the, the post-game hacker. And, you know, if that doesn't stir oh, something good, inside you, then you good. need to check your pulse, because, mm-hmm. yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> amazing. Um, so, yeah, congrats to those guys and... Um,
0: keep going well all good news thank you guys right just a reminder if you've got any questions for sarah and mags please do get in touch because we are still going to have sarah on the podcast she's that dedicated that she's going to be on the phone on a weekly basis with us here aren't you sarah Oh, yeah. Y- you heard it here. She can't get out of it now. Uh, you can tweet us at My Netball Nation or drop us an email to hello at MyNetballNation.com. And we will do our best to answer any questions in next week's episode. A reminder as well to listen to our podcast, head over to MyNetballNation.com and follow us on all the social platforms to keep up to date with everything at MyNetballNation. Right. Anna, thank you so much for joining Thanks for us. Mag's congratulations. It's, this is incredible news. Sarah, have the best time. Anna, the safe f- journey. safe yeah.
1: journey, and love to Stacey from all of us over here.
0: I, I hope she enjoys the tea bags and Horlicks. <laughs> have
3: the best know, time. Well, have- when we speak to you next, we'll be. We'll be you know, stuffing a mug of tea or all it's. You are wild, Sarah. <laughs> no, that's, how we, that's
0: how we roll. Yeah, it is. Have the best time. Thank you so much, guys. It's been a very fun episode, this, and we'll see you all next week. Bye. 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 This is Netball Nation.